This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me as always. All-Star Week is pretty much upon us. The Senior Bowl, the Shrine Bowl, less than one week away. All the inv- accepted invitations have come, and now it is time to turn our attention to one of the biggest weeks in the pre-draft process. Coaches get to finally meet with these college prospects. We get to see guys match up against better level of opponents if they're coming from smaller schools. It's one of the best weeks of the pre-draft process for sure. It's this week. It's the Combine. They're the two best weeks in the pre-draft process. Recording this late Friday night. By Monday, I believe practices in the Shrine Bowl kickoff, maybe even uh, before then. And then Senior Bowl practices, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of next week. And then the game next Saturday. So tonight's episode is just kind of giving my initial preview of the Senior Bowl, of the Shrine Bowl, talking about the offensive skill player prospects that are going to be down there, uh, what I'm looking forward to, who I'm excited to see how they perform down there, just my initial thoughts, taking a look at the roster. Most likely we'll do a show sometime during next week, kind of talking about like what stood out from what we're watching on TV and what we're reading and listening about, you know, the practices and then maybe a recap after the game itself, uh, which is the following Saturday. So definitely more coverage, uh, wire to wire, see if I can maybe even get a guest who's, who was down there, you know, who's going to be down there in Mobile would be great. Uh, but a lot of coverage, obviously a lot of stuff put out on Twitter, a lot of, I think, you know, coverage on ESPN.com or ESPNU, NFL Network, et cetera, et cetera. One of these years that it's going to have a camera set up to, to watch all the stuff, uh, you know, and just stream it, you know, to this day, I still don't know why NFL Network just doesn't do that or, or somebody does it. Uh, but that would be great for all the, for all the draft Twitter people who love this stuff, who can't get down the mobile uh, for a variety of reasons, job, family, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it would be great if, if we had access to all of that where we could just kind of stream and, and watch a lot of the one-on-one drills and, and stuff like that. But we will discuss what I'm looking forward to. We'll start with the Senior Bowl. Uh, the quarterback class, they are really fascinating. We have uh, the two headliners are Bo Nix out of Oregon, Michael Panix Jr. out of Washington. Joe Milton out of Tennessee is going to be there. Spencer Rattler out, out of South Carolina. Michael Pratt out of Tulane. Sam Hartman out of Notre Dame. And uh, and Carter Bradley out of South Alabama. Obviously, you know, Bo Nix and Michael Panix Jr., those are the guys with the most intrigue. Those are guys who I feel pretty safe in saying if the medicals check out on Michael Panix Jr., we're talking about two top 50 picks. We're talking about two guys who could go in round one. Uh, if not round one, I would think early to mid round two. Bo Nix been generating a lot of steam in the last seven days. Daniel Jeremiah uh, had him in his his round one mock. Uh, Len Zerline talked about how he has Bo Nix rated really high, higher than even Drake May. Uh, he thinks he's a, a starting quarterback, uh, you know, at the next level. So those two guys right there, this is going to be their first opportunity. And I think these are the kind of guys that are, are going to come across really well in this setting. Michael Panix Jr.'s arm 
this isn't really a, a place where second reaction or playing off structure, you're not going to see that at a senior bowl setting, right? Uh, you're not going to see that in practices. There's no blitzing in the game that, you know, there's not, you know, there's no blitzing either. It's very vanilla in terms of the defense. So I think this is a situation for a guy like Michael Panix who can just really let it rip to show off that great arm talent, to show off that velocity down the field, to show off the touch that we saw at times this year. So I think he's going to wow people. It'll be their first chance to really, you know, get some information, you know, further information on the medicals. Uh, so this could be a big week for Michael Panix to, to to get a couple teams and really believe in him. That's all it takes for him to be around one pick. There's a lot of teams, you know, yeah, we think quarterback, quarterback, quarterback could be the top three. But, you know, the Giants are sitting there at six. The Atlanta's sitting there at eight. Minnesota's sitting there at 12. You know, pick some teams later in round one, like the Rams or, you know, stuff like that. There's a bunch of teams that could push another quarterback pretty early into the mix or trade back into round one. And let's be honest, if it's going to be another quarterback, yeah, there's the J.J. McCarthy thing out there. But I think I think if a quarterback gets pushed into the early thing, I think there's a good chance it's Bo Nix because he does have that athleticism to make second reaction plays, to play off structure. He doesn't have the medical concerns of a guy like Michael Panix. So I think Bo Nix, you know, if mainstream media draft coverage like Dan Jeremiah and stuff has him in there, I think Bo Nix is on the rise for sure. I think this would be a big week for him. Uh, he comes across as like a guy who's a very natural leader. So I think you'll you'll see him, I think, you know, really command things uh, for his team there. And then, you know, we'll see him and Michael Panix Jr. on the same team. So it's going to be interesting to kind of see those guys rep after rep. You know, maybe a drive in the game and then the next guy comes in. So back to back to back, uh, seeing those guys perform, I think are going to be really interesting. Uh, you know, but those are the headliners. But I, that's not where it ends. I, I think there's intrigue with two other guys here. Uh, one is, is Joe Milton. You know, he's going to have arguably the best arm talent of any quarterback in this class. Just straight arm talent in terms of velocity and strength. I don't want that to be misconstrued in terms of like total package, accuracy, you know, whatever, you know, stuff like that. But just straight strength, velocity, Joe Milton is is going to be the best in this class. You know, he's got athletic ability too. He has a, a checkered injury pass as well. Uh, he doesn't have nearly the production of some of these other guys. But I think some NFL teams are going to be really intrigued with the size, frame, arm strength that he possesses. So I could totally see Joe Milton kind of using this as a springboard in the pre-draft process, and maybe he can find his way, right? We've talked about, you know, we have the big three atop. We have Bo Nix, Michael Panix Jr., and J.J. McCarthy as probably four, five, six in some order. I think that Joe Milton could use this to kind of springboard himself to maybe be the seventh quarterback in this class uh, and potentially even, a you know, a day two pick if, if, if somebody's intrigued with him. The other guy there who I think could really see his stock rise it's Spencer Rattler because it wasn't too long ago, guys, that Spencer Rattler was thought of maybe to be the first pick in the, you know, like the 2023 NFL draft, right? And, you know, obviously things didn't materialize. Uh, you know, he ends up transferring, you know, and the rest is history. When we thought a couple of years ago, you know, when he was at Oklahoma, he was going to have a very different trajectory in terms of his career. Uh, but I still like his game. He there's a lot of moxie to his game. There, there's playmaking ability. There's second reaction plays. You know, you, you think about last year's quarterback class and and the guys that went on. You know, Dave Perry. There was a lot of quarterbacks that went on Dave Perry last year, right? You know, 
you know, we had Aiden O'Connell, we had uh, Doran Thompson Robinson, we had Jaron Hall, we had Jake Hayner, we had Stetson Bennett. I think Spencer Rattler is, is more talented than any of those quarterbacks. And those guys were coming off the board early in round four, you know, through I think round five. So I think Spencer Rattler's got a real chance, just like Joe Milton, to be that seventh quarterback. I wouldn't wouldn't be stunned if he was a third round pick. If he's not a third round pick, I think he's one of the first quarterbacks taken on day three. So I think this is a big week for Spencer Rattler as well, just like Joe Milton. And then Michael Pratt is an interesting guy. You know, he has some fans of him. Uh, I think he's more of a developmental type project quarterback. Uh, I think he's more of like a round five guy. But even then, he's got some tools to his game that he could even push his way uh, into round four. Really seems like teams want to take their shots in that round four, round five range to try to maybe, you know, find somebody who could develop into a backup quarterback. And we'll see from there, just because the cost of backup quarterbacks has became so expensive in the NFL, teams are looking for those guys who can maybe develop and are willing to take more shots, I think, at the quarterback position than ever before. So I think the quarterbacks really steal the spotlight here at the Senior Bowl because I think it's a, a pretty strong class. Uh, but I think the wide receivers rival it. And so let's go to the wide receivers next because I do think the wide receivers are a very strong class here at the Senior Bowl. Uh, I think headlining it is North Carolina wide receiver Devontae Walker and South Carolina wide receiver Xavier Leggett. I think those are the two the two biggest headliners there with Malachi Corley, the uh, the, the explosive playmaker from Western Kentucky. Uh, but there's there's a lot of other guys that that are intrigued there. We got Roman Wilson out of Michigan. Uh, you've got some smaller guys, uh, Ryan uh, Florney out of Southeast Missouri, Jamari Brash out of Louisville, uh, Jaquan Jackson out of Tulane, Marcus uh, Rosemi uh, Jackson out of Georgia. Uh, or Jack Saint, I should say, out of Georgia. Uh, Lad McConkey, he's a guy who could be in the top 40, top 50 mix. Uh, Javon Baker out of Central Florida. Brendan Rice out of USC. Jacob Cowing out of Arizona. Aeneas Smith, one of my favorites, out of Texas A&M. Luke McCaffrey out of Rice. And Jordan Whittington out of Texas. Really, really strong group there. Uh, I think when you look at this list, if you're being, you know, legitimate, you know, and I even skipped Johnny Wilson out of Florida State. I'll get to him momentarily. But the top of the end guys here, I think we're talking about four guys that we're going to see come off the board in the first two rounds of the NFL draft. So they got four top, uh, four of like, I would say the top 12 wide receivers in this class, four guys who we're going to see in the top 60 picks. I feel pretty comfortable saying that Xavier Leggett, the 6'3", 227-pound, He's got inside-outside versatility. He really thrived this year over 1,200 yards, seven touchdowns. I love the play strength, the physicality, the toughness, the yak ability, can win vertically, uh, good body control and ball skills. I think he's probably looking at like a early to mid-second round pick. Uh, Devontae Walker, you've seen him in some mainstream big-time mock drafts going the end of round one. I talked about when I when I looked at Dame Brugler's mock that it was surprising that he wasn't in that two-round mock. But then, they, uh, but then Daniel Jeremiah comes out with his mock, and he's at the end of round one. So I think Devontae Walker, late round one, through round two, uh, is is a really intriguing player. I think he ha- he might go higher than any Senior Bowl player. Uh, you know, in terms of the offensive skill players, he is he has a chance, right? If any of the quarter, if Bo Nix and Michael Panics fall, Devontae Walker's in the mix to be the first skill player taken uh, from from the from the the Senior Bowl this year. 
I'm a fan of Devontae Walker. You know, I was excited when he transferred to UNC. Eventually, you know, took you know took a while for him to get on the field, but once he did, he showed that athleticism, speed, the ability to win vertically down the field, the ability to go up and get it with the ball skills, body control, the ability to high point and adjust, make contested catches. I really like Devontae Walker. Uh, so we got Walker going, I think, in the first two rounds. We got Xavier Leggett going in the first two rounds. Lad McConkey, I think, could legitimately be a top 50 pick. Uh, really quick. That's good athleticism, speed, burst, but I, I love the movement skills. In the running for the, some of the best in the entire class, the movement skills, the footwork, the route running, the, the ability for him to vary route tempo. He's got good body control and ball skills. He's got great yak ability, great hands. Uh, Lad McConkey is going to go somewhere and be a 90-95 catch player, I think, at the next level. And then, uh, you know, so right there with Lad McConkey, uh, Devontae Walker, and Xavier Leggett, I think you got three guys who could be in the top 50 mix. And I'll add Malachi Corley to that. The guy that's going to be comped a lot to Debo Samuels. uh, Only average size, but really good frame. Very good athleticism, explosiveness, great body control. He shows play strength. Ability to bounce off people. He's got agility. He's got elusiveness. He's got great physicality. You see that yak and rack ability. He's going to be used as an explosive offensive weapon. And you're going to not get past the Debo comps. Because that's just how Western Kentucky used him. And that's how he plays. So to me, those are the four top wide receivers. But it doesn't stop there. We got Johnny Wilson out of Florida State. Yeah, he's not Keon Coleman. But we're talking about a guy with rare size and frame for the wide receiver position. Uh, He's got... Average athleticism, I would say, speed and burst for his size, but he's got really good play strength, toughness, physicality, can create space at the catch point, uh, great length and catch radius to win contested catches regularly. He's got some issues with the hands and drops, though, which is what Johnny Wilson's got to clean up. Uh, Jacob Cowing and, and uh, Nia Smith, I think you're talking about two slot guys. Uh, Jacob Cowing, very quick, in and out of his breaks, uh, shows really good athleticism, speed, and quickness. I think he's going to be an interesting day for e a wide receiver that intrigues teams. And Anaya Smith's going to be one of my guys. And he, I don't think he's going to go until day three. But just like Wondell Robinson was one of my guys two years ago when he got bumped up, I think NFL teams are going to be really intrigued with Anaya Smith. Uh, he's got good athleticism, speed, and burst. But I think his movement skills, I talked about Ladd McConkey. I think Anaya Smith might have the best movement skills of anybody in this uh, wide receiver group. Uh, great movement skills, footwork, suddenness, change of directions, agility, and elusiveness. He's got great separation quickness. He's got versatility as a receiver, a rusher, and a returner. For two years, I've been saying he reminded me a lot of what Kadarius Tony brought to the college game. I think Aeneas Smith offers a lot of those similarities. Uh, so I, I think he's a guy who's going to be a, a really intriguing player that you could see come off the board somewhere maybe in round four. But I think the NFLs are going to be kind of intrigued with him because he could do a lot of different things as well. Uh, excited to see Luke McCaffrey down there you know, better competition, you know, so this is a big step up for him. Excited to see Brandon Rice down there at a USC. So a really strong group of wide receivers. Roman Wilson, listen, that Michigan offense didn't do him any favors. They just didn't throw the ball a lot. If he was somewhere else, he could have had really uh, productive numbers. And I think this is going to be a really good chance for him maybe to establish himself as a day two type wide receiver prospect. Uh, Ricky Purcell, uh, interesting player. I think he's best inside in the slot. He could be a top four on the depth chart at the next level. So, so many, so many talented wide receivers here to get really excited about. We take this to the tight ends and stay with the pass catchers. Uh, the group that's going to be down there in Mobile, we got uh, Theo Johnson out of Penn State. 
We got Brevin Span Ford out of Minnesota, A.J. Barner out of Michigan, Ben Sinnott out of Kansas State, uh, Jaheim Bell out of Florida State, Tanner McLaughlin out of Arizona, and Jared Wiley out of TCU. Pretty solid group there. I think the headliner is Ben Sinnott. I've been saying for a while, I think he's got a real chance to be tight end three in this class. A late round two or round three pick would not be surprising to me. He was the one of the focal points of the Kansas State offense. Great production in college. He's got good to very good athleticism and movement skills. Uh, good route runner and separator. He's got body control. He's got ball skills, ability to extend and adjust. So really like Ben Sinnott. Uh, Jaheim Bell, I think he's very much a Chiga Conquo type player. Uh, undersized, but good athleticism and movement skills. Shows versatility to be used in a variety of ways on offense. I think a team's going to like Jaheim Bell, probably early day three, but use him very similarly uh, as a booth tight end, movable chess piece on offense. I, I think teams are going to like Jaheim Bell and the versatility that he brings. I think Dio Johnson could be one of the surprise day two, I would say late day two, but day two tight end picks that no one's talking about. But listen, Last year, Luke Shoemaker wasn't a definitive day two pick. Brendan Strange, nobody had till late in the process, maybe as a round two guy. I think Dio Johnson is going to go higher in the NFL than maybe what his college production was. Uh, but he's got really good athleticism. He's got speed. He's got burst for his size. He's got a good catch radius and length. Can go up and get it. I think Dio Johnson is in that mix after, you know, we have Brock Bowers. We have Jatavian Sanders. We have, uh, you know, Ben Sinnott. We had Cade Stover. I think Dio Johnson's in the mix right there. Uh, to maybe be tight end five in this class. Uh, and I think this could be a big week for him to use his athletic ability to show that he could be a weapon in the pass game for sure. Brevin Span Ford, monstrous guy. Uh, be interesting to kind of see how he does in the one-on-ones. Uh, can he use that size to his advantage? I think he's more of like a round four, round five guy, uh, but intrigued nonetheless. Excited to kind of get, you know, some eyes on Jared Wiley. Haven't had a chance to really look into him yet, but he's on my, he's on my short list to, to watch as well. So excited to see what kind of buzz he generates down there in Mobile. Now let's take just to the running back position before we talk a little bit about the Shrine Bowl. Uh, the running backs that are going to be down there. Uh, let's read them off and then talk about the ones that stand out. Uh, we got Dylan Lobb out of New Hampshire, Cody Schrader out of Missouri, Marshawn Lloyd out of USC, Kamani Vidal out of Troy, Rasheen Ali out of Marshall, Ray Davis out of Kentucky, Jalen Wright out of Tennessee, Dejon Edwards out of Georgia, Joar Jordan out of Louisville, and Amani Bailey out of TCU. For me, the headliner in this group, couple, three guys that I'm most intrigued with, Rasheed Ali, Ray Davis, Jalen Wright. And fourth would be Marshawn Lloyd if we were going that far in terms of guys who intrigued me. But let's start with Rasheed Ali. I've been talking about him on the pod for a couple years now. Good athleticism, speed, burst. He's got really good footwork. He's got agility. He can make people miss. Uh, above average to good contact balance and play strength, but I love the receiving production out of Rashin Ali. I think that's going to make him stand out in this class, which is a very weak running back class. I think a guy with his versatility to be a really prolific pass catcher could see his stock really rise and go higher than maybe people think. So I'm going to be interested to kind of see if we see that receiving upside in practice in one-on-ones. If he does some drills against linebackers, I think he could really expose them uh, I like Rashina Ali a lot, uh, and I think it's going to be a good setting for him to show that versatility and show off that pass catching ability. Ray Davis and Jalen Wright are the next two guys that intrigue me. I mean, Ray Davis, he's, he's capable of playing on all three downs. I think he'll be a part of a committee at the next level. He's a 5'10", 216, 14 touchdowns over 1,100 yards. He had 30 for reception, so I think he could be a guy that could you know be used, change of pace, committee, pass catcher, 
lot to like about Ray Davis. Looking, uh, just started watching some film on him. Got to do a little bit of a deeper dive on Ray Davis to add to the the, the Scotty notebook. Uh, you know, with full thoughts coming on him, but I think he's going to stand out there. And then Jalen Wright out of Tennessee would be the guy who, who intrigues me most. A little bit five eleven, two ten, so a little bit bigger. Uh, you know, than than some of these other guys. But thousand yards this past year, uh, twenty two catches. So he's functional there. But I think Jalen Wright is another guy. We're talking about this year being a very weak running back class, and I think from round three to rounds five is where you're going to see a bunch of running backs go off the board. And I think the order in which they come off the board, it might be as challenging as ever to try to predict because I think it's really independent on what you're looking for, what role do you have for them at the next level. And I think, you know, somebody might like Lee more. Somebody might like Davis more. Somebody like Mike Jalen Wright more. Somebody might even like Marshawn Lloyd more. I'm not as into Marshawn Lloyd. I think it's some people, you know, the South Carolina transfer who went to USC. Uh, I think he's more of like a round four, round five type player. Uh, but I think that's where a lot of these guys are going to be. So I like Ali Davis and Wright a little bit more than Lloyd, uh, but not a big separation between them. But those are the four guys that kind of stand out. Cody Schrader, I'm excited to see him down there. He had some monsters weeks. I talked about the in se- uh, on the in season, uh, you know, SS teams of the week. You know, when we were recapping, you know, NFL draft reports during the college football season, we talked about Cody Schrader a couple times for some monster performances he had. It's hard to get a lot of information on the running backs down there so the things that I really look forward to I think during the game you could see some of the vision and stuff like that but in terms of like the the practices I you know blitz pickup I think is important you could see some of that uh in terms of like you know handling themselves in pass protection and then the pass catching ability I think and I think there's a couple guys in here Ali number one Davis number two who who I'm excited to see how natural it looks to them uh, and how they do against, you know, these linebackers. A lot of these guys very athletic in their own right. I see how they kind of, you know, match up against these guys because I think those are the, the four guys, Ali, Davis, Wright, and Lloyd, with the chance to be in that round three to round five mix uh, as the four guys from the Senior Bowl that I think stand out amongst the rest. So there it is, guys, my quick thoughts on the Senior Bowl. Obviously, so much more coverage we'll have on the Senior Bowl uh, do want to touch upon the Shrine Bowl here a little bit because sometimes it gets lost in the shuffle. I do personally like it when there was no overlap between the Shrine Bowl and, and the Senior Bowl. I wish they would kind of go back to that format, to be honest with you. Uh, but but that's not going to happen right now. Uh, so there is definitely some overlap. So let's kind of go Peru. I'm not going to read the whole roster off, but I will talk about some some guys at each of the positions that, that intrigue me. So let's start at the quarterback position couple names that stand out here. Uh, Devin Leary is going to be there, uh, you know, now of Kentucky, formerly of NC State. Uh, Jordan Travis, while he's not performing uh, because of his injury, he will be down there, uh, you know, at the Shrine Bowl out of Florida State. Uh, Kaden Slovis out of BYU. He's bounced around a lot in his collegiate career, right? We had him, you know, he's been at Pittsburgh, uh, USC, a lot of places for Keaton Slovis. And then Tua... His younger brother, uh, Talia Tagalovo, out of Maryland, he's going to be there as well. But I think the guys that stand out the most, the, the ones with the most intrigue, you know, obviously Jordan Travis. I've been a Jordan Travis guy. I think he would have been in the mix to be QB7 in this class. I think he would have been the guy who very much could have been in the, the round three mix. The NFL seemed to be intrigued with Jerron Hall last year. I think Jordan Travis is a better quarterback than Jerron Hall. I think he's a better quarterback than Aiden O'Connell. And those guys went last year early. 
uh, round four. So I thought Jordan Travis had a chance to be late round three, early round four before the injury. Now I think he probably doesn't have a chance to be that QB seven, but I do think he's a guy who's very intriguing. I like the complete package, the arm talent, the athleticism. Uh, he can play off structure. He can make second reaction plays. He can throw a good touch. He shows good poise. A lot to like about Jordan Travis. I'd be really intrigued with a team uh, taking him, you know, early day three and, and kind of seeing what, what he could become. Devin Leary, good arm strength uh, to push the ball vertically down the field. This is once upon a time that people thought he had a day two grade last year before last year's college football season started. Obviously, he didn't go out. He stayed in school. He transferred. So here we are again. Uh, but he's got good mental processor, read coverages, work through progressions, quick release, throws a good touch in anticipation. So we'll see how he can improve his stock there. I think he's more in that round four to round six mix. I think Kane Slovis, I've never really bought in. Uh, I think he's more of a late day free type player or UDFA, but it'll be interesting to kind of see how he looks down there. feels like he's been in college for a long time with all the different transfers, uh, but but throws a really good touch and anticipation. I think those are his best traits. If we take this to the running backs, the guys that clearly stand out here is he's not going to be playing down there, but he's on the roster, and that's Jonathan Brooks out of Texas. He's number one running back on Mel Kuyper's board, on Dane Brugler's board. Obviously, a season was cut short due to a torn ACL. Uh, a lot of people still think he's got a real shot to be the first running back taken in this draft class. I think in Dane's mock, he was late second round. I think Kuyper thinks he can be a, a round three guy. But the fact that he's in the mix to be the first running back taken, this was his first year where he really got an opportunity to shine, obviously waiting in the wings behind B. John Robinson. I think it tells you a lot about the class. He's coming off a major injury, still not impacting his draft stock all that much. Uh, so I think this is a week for him to really kind of sell himself. Obviously, the medicals will be important. How long before he can maybe get on the football field and do anything. But Jonathan Brooks, talk about the potentially the number one running back being at the Shrine Bowl, not the Senior Bowl. Uh, so I think that that's that's something that that's something significant for sure. Uh, in terms of running backs that are playing in the game and playing in the practices, two really stand out above the rest for me. One is Frank Gore Jr., the running back out of Southern Miss, obviously Frank Gore's son, and then Carson Steele, the running back out of UCLA, formerly of Ball State. Uh, when you talk about Carson Steele, you're talking about a guy who's on Bruce Feldman's freak list. So we're talking about a guy who's got great overall athleticism. I think the speed's probably only above average, but the total package, the jumps, you know, the explosiveness, he has all that. Uh, great play strength, toughness, physicality, finishing ability. He's got good footwork. He's got good receiving skills. Carson Steele could be an interesting guy in that day three mix, round four, round five. And then Frank Gore Jr., undersized, but really good athleticism, movement skills, and bursts. Uh, really good footwork, change of direction skills, make ability to make people miss, shows good elusiveness. I like the patience and the vision there. Uh, this is a natural run in things. I think he'd be a versatile offensive weapon at the next level. Somewhere in that round five to round seven range, I think, where you'd see a guy like Frank Gore Jr. come off the board. If we take this to the pass catchers, let's start with the tight ends first. The biggest name that we're seeing, and I don't know how much he might do down there, but the fact that the Shrine Bowl was able to land Jatavian Sanders. Listen, last year they had Zay Flowers there. So it's not a, you know, we saw this. Jatavian Sanders is, is tight end two in this class. I don't think that's going to change. I think the question is, does he go late round one? Doubt it. But listen, last year there was a lot of momentum building for guys like Sam Laporta and Luke Musgrave. You know, and we saw some, you know, Michael Mayer, you know, Dalton Kincaid was the only one that went round one. But we saw Laporta, Musgrave, and Mayer come off the board quickly in the top of round two. 
I think Jatavian Sanders will be one of those guys. If he doesn't sneak in the back end of round one, which I find it unlikely, I think he's going early, early round two because of his athleticism, his explosiveness, his big play abilities, ability to get vertical. Uh, so Jatavian Sanders is the clear, clear top offensive skill player down at the Shrine Bowl this year. Uh, he's got the highest draft capital by far of any of the offensive skill players that are going to be there. A couple other tight ends that stand out. I'm interested to kind of see and then and kind of get some, uh, you know, d- do a little bit of a deeper dive after the, after the senior and Shrine Bowl week. Uh, Dalen Holker out of Colorado State, 6'5", only 235. But he had 64 catches for 767 yards and six touchdowns. That is a very, very productive season uh, for a college tight end. So I'm interested to kind of see how he looks down there. Uh, Isaac Rex out of BYU, 6'5", 255. He had 422 yards, 34 catches, and three touchdowns. So I think the tight end depth uh, is, is pretty strong in this class. I think you got some guys who were really productive in college who I'm excited to kind of see in these all-star settings. And then at the wide receiver position, the two names that really stand out amongst the list of like 12 guys who are going to be there. Uh, one is Malik Washington out of Virginia. We're talking about a guy who had... 110 catches, over 1,400 yards, and nine touchdowns. He's only 5'8", 194, but he's a quick, explosive playmaker who can do things after the catch, who can get vertical, who can separate from his defenders. Uh, really excited to kind of see Malik Washington. I think he could be one of those guys that no one's talking about. And then after the Shrine Bowl, you're all of a sudden start hearing round three, round four buzz for a guy that quick, that explosive, who put up that level of production this past year in college. And then Taj Washington is my favorite receiver right now in in the Shrine Bowl uh, out of USC, 5'10", 175. So we're talking about a smaller guy. I think we're talking about a vertical slot receiver who's got explosive capabilities, good separation quickness, a good speed, good route runner, ability to make things happen after the catch, can get vertical, very intriguing prospect, Taj Washington out of USC. I think he'd be in that round four, round five mix due to his explosive nature, even at the dimensions of 5'10", 175. So there it is, guys, a little a detailed look at the Senior Bowl and then some quick thoughts on on some Shrine Bowl guys. Obviously, the week of practice, the, all, the, all the content that is out there, we will be back hopefully during the middle of next week to kind of break it down of what the practice setting was like in terms of who was standing out, what we heard, what we saw, uh, and then another episode maybe after the games itself to kind of recap what we saw in the actual games and any final thoughts on the Shrine Bowl and Senior Bowl before we continue to turn the page to other content leading up until the 2024 NFL Combine. If you're enjoying this, please get over to the website. SS Football is the fastest and easiest way to get there. Rate, re- uh, Check out all our premium content that we offer for $9.99. You get it all. You get the scouting notebook, uh, which I have separated now to have tabs just for the guys who declared. You can still see all the other scouting reports and profiles for the guys who didn't declare. They're on separate tabs now. Uh, I started to set up uh, the spaces for all the new guys I'm going to add, guys who weren't in there originally, like Brian Thomas and Ray Davis and stuff like that. So it says coming soon now. It's got a quick profile on them, but the more detailed scouting report coming uh, coming soon. Uh, you get the rankings notebook with all our different rankings, uh, which has also been separated now for tabs just for the guys who are in the draft. Uh, Dynasty rankings, uh, Dynasty rookie rankings, Debbie rankings, 
all that stuff. And then in April, you get the draft projections, notebook, tabs for every single position, offense and defense, snapshot of how they win, uh, measurements from the combine and testing numbers from the combine, and then put in an order in terms of how we expect them to come off the board. And then also tabs project in the first round, the first three rounds, and trying our best to predict every single player taken in the 2024 NFL Draft. You got it all for $9.99. Can't help us that way. Please, wherever you listen to the podcast, rate, review, subscribe. That helps. Uh, go over to YouTube, even though, you know, we, we haven't gotten a lot of attention there. If you can get over to YouTube, uh, just subscribe to the channel, maybe like some videos. The podcasts are also there as well. All that stuff really helps us uh behind the scenes here as well so on behalf of our sound tech engineer david nakano and myself thank you for joining us and we look forward next time taking you from saturday to sunday